Episode 22 of The Exit Strategy. We're discussing renewable energies with Mark Galswick, the CEO of Easy Energy Systems, Inc. What's the future of energy, where we're going, and what can we expect? Now let's hear the count. One, two, three, four. You're listening to The Exit Strategy, a podcast that inspires open discussions about financial news and technology today. My name, Marcus McGarrian, a recovering SaaS vendor, joined by my co-hosts, Ralph DeFiori and Swadek Mazumdar. And we're sitting down with startup founders, technology experts, now let's begin. Can I give you full disclosure? I asked Chat GTP, will the Fed raise rates in January 2023? <laughs> it says I am an AI and I don't have the ability to predict the future of the Federal Reserve. <laughs> that is absolute AI nonsense. <laughs> Conspiracy from the AI pot. Marcus, that's because most of the data hasn't been fed into that little machine yet. Right? But uh, listen, Jamie Dimon feels uh, the Fed fund should just go ahead and raise the rates up to 6% and get it over with to, you know, kind of put a full stop to inflation and get it over with and then move forward and see what happens, you know. So obviously, Ralph, you don't believe that may happen. We had four and a quarter. Uh, and uh, our, our friend Marcus is depending on chat GPT to get an analysis. The, the future is about the AI telling me what to do. I'm, I'm their slave, you know. <laughs> <laughs> listen, uh, but uh, listen, we we have you know if if China opens up, uh, you know obviously there's as we had mentioned earlier on, there are a lot of investments that's waiting in the wings to start, uh, you know, triggering off, right? Especially say in the renewable energy space. I mean, we spoke about that in the pat uh, in our podcast in the past. You know, President Biden signed that. What was the IRA bill? Um, you know, with the sweeping climate change and energy programs, uh, you know, that was, you know, that obviously is going to bring in a lot of investments. You know, we have seen global investments in the energy sector in 2021 up to $755 billion. Uh, they, they said they're going to top a trillion. That's a lot of, I don't even know how many zeros that is, in 2023. Um you know, we, you know, we feel, you know, we feel uh, a market, I think you and I also spoke about this, fintech and energy sector, those are two sectors, you know, when we talk about uh, looking forward, what are the sectors that investments will go into? Um, do you still feel if the market kind of turns around those are two sectors or any other sectors uh, that might come into play? Well, like, like I said before, I don't think it matters. I mean, this is uh, the last or next to the last uh, rate hike, let's pray. Uh, and I don't think it, it matters. I think the damage is done. We're headed for a recession, whether we like it or not. And uh, that's certainly going to crimp down on inflation. And um, I, I can't speak to it, but I, I read an article a day or so ago about this latest inflation measurement and there the the article was uh implying that uh, we shouldn't put our faith in this number that there's something uh askew uh, uh with the um, calculation or the time period uh 
Yeah. Um, so uh, look, look at it like this. In Europe, they're not raising rates. In other places, they're not raising rates. But in the United States, we're raising rates like it's going out of style. And like a lot of places are going to parity in the currency on the currency valuation with the dollar, or they're trying to do everything they can in order to curb it and inflate the hell out of it. Um, I think it's a very risky business with what we're doing, and there's a reason for it. And I don't think it's just to do about the. I don't, I don't think it just has to do with inflation. I mean, um, there could be many reasons why inflation occurs, and it doesn't have to just be because interest rates are too low. It could be things like supply chain issues. It could be things like any kind of, um, um, you know, uh, bottlenecks or anything that happens within the supply chain. So, Marcus, uh, my my uh, question was more towards pattern recognition. Uh, you know, moving forward, if everything is in absolute terms, we're turning the corner. Do we feel, uh, you know, the energy sector is an area where a lot of investments are going to go into? Oh, clearly. I mean, I was even speaking with the head of Wilson Sonsini in Europe, and he was just shocked because, you know, those guys are basically technology focused, but he's been doing a lot of events um, with the clean tech, renewable energy, um, clean, clean energy. He tells me very clearly, there's so much money in the space. There's so much growth and opportunity um, that it's just the way to go. So it's it's not even the it's not just the United States. It's not just Latin America. And what, when I was running that Brazilian bank, we did we did over eight hundred million. And you could check this out on Bloomberg. We we did about an eight hundred million dollar fund on renewable renewable energy alone, and that was back 10, 15 years ago. This, I, I will, yeah, go ahead. This market today is even bigger because one, you have much more connectivity. You have much you have much better technology. You have much more diversity. I mean, what about like quantum? Right? They. They were they figure out a way to, to, to create perpetual motion and produce more energy from it. Um, I think that renewable energy will keep progressing. I mean, even today, Mercedes had an article on TechCrunch talking about how there's going to be more Mercedes recharging stations out in the market. That's a hundred percent electric. It's not fossil fuels. You know. Right. So electric, uh, you know, electric is one area where I see uh a lot of interest coming in as a matter of fact we are working on one uh and hopefully uh, would would be more uh involved with that but you know there's one thing that i looked at which kind of boggled my mind the number the sheer number the size is the total energy bill paid by world consumers it was over 10 trillion dollars yeah that's a whole lot of numbers right uh and because of the energy costs going up because of the war and everything else a lot of uh, investments, you know, it opens up uh, investments in the renewable energy space. People are looking for alternatives, you know, and I just thought it would be a great idea to bring in somebody who knows a lot uh, about the space. Uh, you know, Mark Galswick, who is uh, the CEO of Digital Utility Ventures, uh, they have a family of different projects that work in the renewable energy space. So I thought I'll bring him in and maybe ask and, you know, kind of pick his brain to ask him what he thinks the trend looks like uh, and what is he doing in this space. Uh, Mark Goldswick, welcome to Exit Strategy. Well, thank you, Swatik. Uh, I appreciate being on and uh, thank you for the invite. You're more than welcome. We, we're trying to understand uh, the landscape a little better from an operator rather than just an investor. 
Uh, yes, yes. Um, you know, there's many opportunities out there. You and I have known each other for some time, way back when. We made a trip. I would, traveled around the country quite a bit with the governor of Minnesota, then uh, Pluente introducing technologies to different uh, countries around and it was when, when we met. And uh, the landscape continues to change and improve. Um, and it needs to for solving climate change quickly. So uh, how do you how do you see the new energy bill uh, that President Biden signed, uh, IRA, Inflation Reduction Act? Um, are you seeing movement in terms of investments coming into there? Are people reaching out to, I know you have a few entities in that space. Are you seeing interest? Are you seeing people, you know, doing an outreach now? Uh, yeah, no, we're seeing... <clears throat> You know, before that happened, it felt like a bit of a low, and like, uh, you know, investing in renewable energy and in things to solve climate change um, wasn't getting the respect that it needed. Now, uh, and now we're feeling like you suddenly through the, you know, it's like you're in a rocket ship and they just hit the throttles. And that's what that's what we're feeling. So we're feeling a strong interest. Everybody's but it feels like everybody wants to do something, but they don't know what to do. And uh, that's kind of where we come in. We're trying to bring in disruptive technologies. Um, and of course, what can happen is, and, and, and not to ramble here, but because to solve climate change, we have to move so fast. It's like the issue is we really need to take technologies 10 years in the future and bring them back so that we can solve the problem in five years. And part of what the problem has been in finance is traditional bankers, they like to look at technologies 10 years old. Well, if all you do is finance technologies 10 years old, you're not going to have the technology from 10 years in the future to solve the problem in five years. And so uh, that's why we believe that the opportunity now is to invest in those technologies that can make a difference. Not 10-year-old, but the new ones. Right. To give some context to what you're saying, talk about some of the stuff you, you are working on which you feel uh, needs attention. Uh, yes. And, of course, what can happen is when you're taking technologies – you know, 10 years in the future and um, making them possible today. Um, one of the ways we do that is by modularizing and automating them. Uh, I think of it like Legos. You can mix different Legos together to build a car. Uh, you can mix different technologies together to solve a solution problem. So for instance, we have technologies, um, for instance, in the food crisis today, uh, I'm particular passionate about helping people around the world and there's a real shortage of food and fertilizer. And uh, so we've got a technology, it's basically like a fertilizer plant in a box that really results in like sucking fertilizer out of the air. There's so much fertilizer in the air, we don't even realize it. Pull that out of the air and provide fertilizer, you know, put the system out in the middle of Africa somewhere and provide fertilizer for those people to uh, triple their yields. Uh, the same the same microbial technology can reduce uh to reduce the amount of water needed by 20%. And so you get these technologies that can sound too good to be true, right? Which uh, bankers don't believe in, but that's a prime opportunity. It, it, it's, yeah, the world. Marcus, it certainly is. When you say suck fertilizer out of the, out of the air, it sounds like a moonshot. It sounds yes, improbable. Yes, well, what is that? How do you do that? Uh, well, the air is a big percent nitrogen, and it's really nitrogen that is the nutrient that we're trying to get into the soil that, you know, instead of buying, uh, you know, buying a mineral out of Russia, 
uh, trucking it to the coast, putting it on a boat, bringing it to the middle of uh, across the ocean, putting it on a river, on a truck. Let's just pull it out of the air. And that's that's the type of technologies that we're coming with and pushing pushing hard on. And, and so Mark, how, you, you how, didn't uh, Mark, you didn't mention digging it up, too. <laughs> Yeah, right. yeah, you know, saying nothing. And then the other beauty of it is, is you're creating the value right there in that rural local village versus all the middlemen in between, saying nothing of the fact that maybe they aren't such nice people that are getting their, uh, their, you know, their backs padded, providing that. And so that's that's one is in food security. Another one is in instantly purifying water. Uh, there's a whole water, uh, you know, the world needs needs clean water. There's millions of people that don't have clean water. And the prior way that it's been done is typically with membranes and filters. And the reason they chose membranes and filters is that way you got to sell a new membrane and filter all the time. And so we've got technologies using a nanovoid that creates bubbles so small you can put 28,000 bubbles on the pin of a needle. And the bubble... 28,000? 28,000 bubbles on the wow. pin of a needle. Okay, they're 44 nanometers. It will actually keep in suspension for up to three weeks. Okay, and so this will take like lagoons and, and mining ponds and so forth and instantly purify it with no membranes or filters. And again, sounds too good to be true, which so the traditional banking community doesn't like financing magic tricks but you really need proven magic tricks to solve climate change fast enough. So you sound like a mad scientist there, Mark, <laughs> if I can call you that, uh, yeah. respectfully, of course. Um, you know, you're talking about 28,000 bubbles in a, you know, in uh, a tip of a needle. Uh, yes. Uh, you're talking about pulling fertilizer out of the air. You yes. know, how commercially viable are they right now? I mean, you know, they all sound fantastic. Uh, you know, I'm sure there are people there uh, to fund it. Um, you know, it's a question of putting a commercial value on it and structuring it in a way that it makes sense. Right. Yeah. So give me your sense on that. So what happens is you, you create these technologies and then you have to create the financial models to go with it course and so for instance this box that can create fertilizer out of the air is a is a million dollar module fully automatic and it creates this microbe that you know pulls the fertilizer out of the air and it does it for it takes it from waste material uh, such as green grass or waste leaves and so forth that it creates the proprietary microbe that we have that that does this it's a million dollar unit at current fertilizer prices that unit will pay for itself in about six months Wow. Okay. So I can imagine if you're imagine if you're me, you're get you're you're watching on the TV of people dying of starvation in Africa, and all you got to do is put a unit there. And even if we don't say, well, you know, we got to don't make it six months, make it one year, just so that we can feed them. Uh, everybody wins. So do, everybody wins. do you see help from the government? You know, there are a lot of government <laughs> grants around to do these things, right? When you talk about Africa, but you're talking about two very big. Uh, challenges one is food the other one is water yes and so um we're seeing grants actually uh we had shown our technology give you a little background my other company that i own started from scratch and i still own 100 with my family is easy automation inc 
It's the largest provider of feed and fertilizer mixing technology systems in North America with over 3,000 different ag co-ops. And so that gives you a certain amount of credibility that, Mark, maybe you're not just a magician when you've got all these thousands of customers. You know, it's estimated we feed 80% of the pigs in the country. Uh, when the mad cow disease happened, it was our software that fed it perfectly and tracked and traced it. So it gives you credibility. So we showed it to the ag secretary is very excited about it. And so there's some recent grant programs that have been released to helping to fund these. Uh, the issue is just getting all these different rural communities, villages, Indian tribes to do the paper. Okay. Uh, um, there's another one coming with uh, many other areas. Uh, so we talked about um, you know, so that's the fertilizer side. And we're trying to reach out to the UN and World Bank and some of those on the international side. And that's the fertilizer. There's other ones that we can talk about here too. Talk about, I know uh, we had, we had uh, at, uh, shared something earlier, which was you were working on a renewable energy, uh, which was waste to energy. Yes, yes. <clears throat> so we've got a modularized system. And again, think of Legos snapped together with each each module, a different technology that we call auto segmentation. And what this can literally do is we can take a dead tree. You know, there's like 120 million dead trees, I think, in California alone that are causing the forest fires. And of course, they don't want to like push them over and burn them, although that's kind of happened by nature, I guess, that they started on fire anyway to create the smoke. So our system, you can just drop these six modules in and they'll take those dead trees and turn them into a liquid sugar total liquid sugar that you could then pump up and over the mountain in a rubber double lined rubber hose it's just liquid sugar that then you could turn into a massive amounts of uh, clean renewable energy and while doing so each and every plant will sequester 50,000 tons of co2 and so what my push is let's take waste that's causing fires and pollution and turn it into clean renewable energy and not just low carbon, you really get carbon negative if you're sequestering massive amounts of carbon. The issue though, it's already get so long-winded, but the issue gets to be is the, many of the electrical utilities have like a monopoly on that situation. So if you could say, you know what, I'll take those dead trees, turn it into clean electricity, negative carbon electricity at 3.7 cents, cents a kilowatt, and you're charging my customer 12, there should be a nice margin there. Well, they're, they're scared. You know, the big utilities are scared of all these renewable technologies. And so we got to figure out that, what that healthy mix is. And then again, I'm going to keep rambling, but I met with, uh, I met with a, uh, it was a, the, it was a business that was in the logging industry bringing in massive amounts of tons of logs they were ending up with all these waste products okay and they were paying 12 cents a kilowatt they were like the largest it was in it was in a particular state i won't mention the state but where they were one of the largest loggers in that state and so we were going to put in a system that was going to produce 7.8 megawatts of electricity their own little site was the largest user of electricity in the state used like one point uh, three kilowatt, we were going to sell the rest to the local utility. But what happened was it kind of turns the market upside down because in essence, we're going into their largest customers and turning them into their largest competitors. Okay. And doing so, it creates a carbon negative electricity. So what I was thrilled was 
we were were getting pushback from the utility. I then reached out to some of our government contacts and says, this is making no sense. We can provide negative electricity and the power company doesn't want to buy it from us. And so you just see recently some grants that were introduced to help fund clean electricity for the electric car market. And you know what, that utility in that state, because when I would, I suggested that to them, I said, at least just buy the clean energy from me for the electric car market. What are you going to do for that? You know what they told me? They told me, we don't think the electric car market's going to be real because we can't build. How are they going to get the power? I am dead serious. Wow. Uh, Marco, Marcus knows well, Elon Musk really well. Well, <laughs> e- 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 Elon, Elon says <laughs> that uh, you could go to, you go at, inside the car, push it in the in onboard computer and look for a station. So depending on where the station is, it'll tell you the power you have versus the distance of the station and the probability of you reaching it. And then how long it'll take to get there and how much power or time you need to charge the car in order to get to the next station. So they yeah, really did a good job. They had one little, you should make that button colored, not to be comical, but you should have the button turn green. If it's going to use negative carbon electricity and red, if it's using it from a coal mine. Okay, and that way everybody's looking for the green. Uh, yeah, that's the a good idea. Stuff. Actually, that's that's a very uh, you know not <laughs> comical Mark, at all. Yeah, yeah. Mark, Another, with, go ahead. With all uh, this is Ralph. Um, with all these uh, inventions you have, uh, you should be declared a national treasure. And you should have the Secret Service guarding you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it I all is part incredible of, what my... you've done. Well, part of my, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a farm boy. Okay. So I grew up on a farm in Southern Minnesota by training in math, physics, and computer science. And so say, but Mark, what is your main skill? It's like, I can weld and I can do science, which translates into, I can talk to both. And really that's what we're doing is we're taking the, the great ideas from the universities and the labs that scientists that definitely couldn't weld and I can speak both languages and we're bringing those together. And another key part is my belief is to solve climate change fast enough. You have to build factory built modular systems that you're cranking them out like automobiles so that you can ship them all over the world and mass produce them versus to only big stick built plants. They won't even get the engineering done by the time the climate uh, is too late. They're saying 20 by 2030 or 2050. They, they want uh, a certain carbon uh, neutral, um, you know, positioning in, on, in the world, which is is a long shot. But Mark, uh, you know, I know you also work on uh, waste, uh, municipal waste, right? Uh, yes, to yes. energy. So uh, how, how, how is that coming along? Because I know there's a lot of interest in that space, especially in the emerging markets. And, and funds, yeah. and pension funds, endowments love it when it's municipal waste because it's guaranteed. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So we're, you know, there's different technologies. There's a bunch of them that we're roaring out right now with that are ready to roll. Others are in, in process. The part, the, what the interesting part is, though, um, is that the technologies are getting there, but you've got some of these roadblocks. So let's say I'm, I'm something like I'm rambling all over. For one, one big one right away is 25% of the municipal waste is waste food. Okay, we can turn waste food into liquid microbial fertilizer, which is what pulls the fertilizer out of the sky. So an automatic one is we should put our easy fin next to every single landfill 
and immediately 20, every landfill turns into a fertilizer production place rather than bringing it out of Russia. What did it's called? Easy Fin, did you say? Yeah, that's that fertilizer plant in a box, if you will. And it's not a composter. It takes the juice. We squeeze the juice out of the plants and we, we, we perfectly analyze it and spike it with a proprietary microbe. And so that would be one way to immediately create, whether it's Walmart or Target or all these ought to be taking all their waste food and turning that into this uh, liquid microbial fertilizer. The other, the remaining product should go into the auto segmentation where we will sequester 50,000 tons a year of CO2 per plant. Plus we will we create a low cost electricity. Our math is showing we can create electricity for like 3.7 cents a kilowatt. And, and do so while sequestering 50,000 tons a year of CO2. So one of those ought to be next to every single, uh, you know, municipal landfill. But the issue, if you're me, you're, here's what happens. You're sitting there, so why don't you put them everywhere? So I go into a community and says, I'm going to put this in here, and I'm going to produce you carbon negative electricity. You're paying maybe $0.08 cents now. You're going to get it for $0.3.7. Cents. Okay? You know what they say? They say, we're all for it. But we signed a 40-year contract with the coal mine to buy their electricity. Right, right, right. Okay. So how do you how do you overcome that? Is well, that government you, you pay you role? pay a penalty. That's what you well, do. that is that is that you is an get issue that, that is an issue that's out there. And so I think the that's where my thought is is the opportunity for new electricity is into the EV car market. That's right. Okay, percent correct. And, and at the least, if they're going to hold those communities to those 40-year contracts, at least they ought to say, but local community, you can get all the, if you're getting, in fact, I'll go so far to say is if you're getting carbon neutral to negative electricity, you should be able to bypass any contract. Yeah. And that will change the math overnight. You, you know what's crazy is that, uh, you know, it, contracts used to be, remember, like you, you used to rent some or lease a land or something like you have Guinness beer had a has a thousand year lease on the land. And then in New York in the 80s, you, you lease a store for a 30 year lease. And today the leases are getting to three to five years. And it's so crazy because the market changes so much due to all the volatility that there's things called like good guy guarantees where you could just drop out of away. your long term, you walk away. But like, you know, on a 40 year, you imagine it's a long term lease. I mean, it's usually those are the kinds of things that pension funds, endowments, foundations love because they want to set it and forget it. You're right. It's like a crock pot. Like you want to kind of put the thing in, not worry about it. But that's, that's that's a great idea. If you take the coal mine and say, look, I understand that you, you still need to buy the coal because we don't have a good guy or an exit exit clause in the contract. We might be polluting in one side, but you could obviously be. I love the whole like we just shoot the carbon into the ground, right? Zero carbon. It was a big thing that happened like 10 years ago where they shoot the coal into the ground and like he doesn't, they don't admit it into yes. the air. Yeah. And but you, what the, the, we will still be carbon positive because you could charge this EV using our energy. Yeah. Yeah. And then another, again, I, I know I'm rambling, but another, another, technology we have is is so we can take these whether it's municipal waste or we can take trees or corn stalks or whatever and turn it through our auto segment technology sequester carbon create a low price electricity um it will also create a coal additive 
okay? And we've worked with like Iowa State University testing this and has shown that this coal additive, if you mix it one third with two thirds regular coal, you can keep the coal fired power plants and they will immediately meet the Paris Accords. Sounds too good to be true. Back to sounds like magic, right? And, um, but that's an opportunity. So again, I'm, I, I, in my, my brain, I'm thinking, okay, right now what's happening is they're forcing the utilities to get out of the coal mines, shut their coal mines down. They're getting sold to the Bitcoin miner guys that are running them at 200% capacity where they maybe only were running at 30% capacity. And so what I would say, let us come in, let's convert all this musical garbage, all this corn biomass, crop biomass, we'll make a new negative electricity and we'll provide this this uh, coal additive so that you can keep a certain amount of your coal additives as a base power while you're ramping up your renewable energy and wind. Um, Mark, um, uh, Mark, you know, Ralph is 100% right. With all the stuff that you are working on, you should really be a national treasure. I mean, it is amazing listening to all the stuff you're working on and really outstanding, uh, you know, technologies and, uh, you know, working on challenges uh, on food and fertilizer and water, uh, renewable energy. I mean, this is this is fantastic. And it was a great having this conversation. You know, let's continue yeah. having this conversation. We'll bring you back again on and, a and podcast. Why, yeah. You know, so far along, I've put, I've put about 12 million of my own money developing all these different technologies. I still own 96% of the company Easy Energy Systems. But that's why you know, to get the rest of the world able to help us, we're doing this reverse merger into DUTV. And I'm already at CEO and getting ready to complete the merger. And then uh, then there'll be a public vehicle to do that in. We're also setting up, and that's really, think the way I think of it is think of Ford Motor and Ford Finance. Okay, so the DUTV will be like the Ford Motor. But what happens is you've got all these all these opportunities out there yeah. That they go to their local bank and say, I don't believe you can create fertilizer out of the air. I don't believe you can sequester carbon. I don't believe you can instant clean water. So we're setting. So my other, the other company is Easy Energy Finance. And at there, what we're doing is, is we're selling units of climate capital. So if pension funds or whatever want to come in and invest in that, they can invest in it. And that will provide the financing for these projects. And they just they get not just an interest rate back, but they will share in the profits. So you can imagine sharing in the profits to somebody that's making a million dollars every six months versus just getting a small interest rate back. And that's why we're excited about the Easy Energy Finance at, at and again, easyenergyfinance.com and um, trying to get folks in to fund that, which will really help fund the customers. I don't need the money to create the technology. I put that money in already. It's my customers that need the funding to fund these revolutionary technologies. I'm sure you'll get there as well, uh, Mark. Uh, wish you wish you well. We will be in touch. Um, you know, we are, uh, you know, looking at new investments. We're looking at what the next, you know, next great investment uh, sector will be. And we definitely believe very strongly that uh, renewable energy is one of them. So best of luck. Uh, you know, we... Uh, we are very happy to be speaking with you and we'll bring you back in this podcast again in the future. Yeah, and thank you for what you folks are folks are doing. You know, I can feel like you're trying to um, 
uh, educate the world on technologies and opportunities out there to help the world. And uh, you know, there's nothing better than making money while you're helping the world. We are certainly trying to make an impact. It's not good. So. Yeah, we're certainly trying to make an impact. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much. That was episode 22 of The Exit Strategy. We hope you loved it. Like, share, and subscribe. We look forward to seeing you. Yeah.